Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Are you someone who has no idea that they can be heard? Has brilliant ideas and wants to get them out there? Has a podcast but can't keep up with the work or just wants to focus on things that matter? Then Podcast Engineers is your gateway to get your voice heard. They don't just edit your podcast. They enhance your listeners' experience. You simply do what you do best. That is to record and they do the rest. You can find them at podcastengineers.com. Rob and I have been using Podcast Engineers to help make our show sound great. Send them an email to get an episode edited free and a discounted plan. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 71. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake. Here with me again is Sandy McKay. Hey, Sandy, how are you? I'm fantastic. How about yourself? Good, man. Good. I really got that intro down for you now. You got it, yeah. It's exciting and suspenseful, and you don't know who I'm going to say. <laughs> Sandy McKay. Just me again, yeah. Well, we should, uh, as always, encourage everyone to jump over to our website, BreakthroughRAPodcast.ca, and pick up our free report there, The Ultimate Strategy for Building Wealth Through Real Estate. And you can also get our email list through that, hear about some upcoming events and what we're up to. As well, go over to iTunes and uh, we'd love to see some more five-star reviews. We've got a bunch of them there. It really, really helps us get this out there to more people and helps us bring on great guests and helps everyone connect. And it's really important that we get that. So we'd love to see some more reviews there and, and just honest feedback too. If you have any slight criticism, that's cool too. Whatever you want to say, just uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and I might have just missed it there if you did say it, but the website is BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. Yep. Okay, well, you know what? I don't think we have too much to say up front of our interview, and we've got some lovely guests waiting for us. So today we have Winter Ng and Sophia Lee on the show with us today. I'm really excited to have them on. Sandy and I have both known them for quite some time now, and it's uh, it's really good to have them on to share their stories because it is an exciting one. They have done so much. So really excited to have you guys on. Thank You're you. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> so I'll do a brief intro uh, into who Winter and Sophia are. Winter and, and Sophia immigrated to Canada from Hong Kong in 1992, and they're physiotherapists, worked in senior homes and nursing homes, and they were able to save a high percentage of their income and were investing a lot in the stock market and mutual funds as a way to fund their retirement plan. 
And then, however, a 2000 and, and 2009 market crashes really had them lose faith in the stock market as an investment. And uh, they started looking into real estate investing since uh, 2010. And they ended up joining the Real Estate Investment Network, learned from a lot of experts there. They bought their first investment property in 2011. And then they went on, they became members of uh, Germ Real Estate Investment Club and continued to purchase usually about two or three properties every year, focusing on the legal two-unit homes, mostly in the Durham region. And then so all that passive income generated by those properties has allowed them to, to actually retire now comfortably. And now they're here to share with us how they've done all that. So thanks again, both of you, for being on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> I didn't know you guys had retired. <laughs> well, you, semi-retired. Semi-retired. Okay. <laughs> You know what? That's good too. So yeah. you're still working as physiotherapist? I'm still seeing a, a few clients at my own, but at my choice. I like to help people. I like to help help my clients still. That's my choice. <laughs> yeah, and I also do uh, some consultation, uh, help people to purchase some uh, mobility equipment. So that's what I do now. Oh, well, cool. So you guys have really scaled back then because I think you were both full-time before, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. We have been working very hard since we come to Canada, since 92. And since 94, we will start our own business, like uh, doing contracts with uh, senior homes and things like that. We've been working very hard until 2013 for 20 years. And well, as you said, like, uh, yeah, we make pretty good income. So that's why as Chinese, we're focused on saving for retirement. So we save a lot, unfortunately. You know, like uh, we do our saving basically and invest in the stock market. But unfortunately, like uh, Sandy mentioned about the crash in 2000 and 2009, we lost faith. We lose a lot of our savings there. Mm -hmm. Too bad. <laughs> so why then? I mean, we touched on it just slightly because of the uh, stock market crash. But I mean, there's other investments that you could have put your money into. Why did you decide to invest in real estate? Yeah, that's basically like mostly we invest in stock market and mutual fund because it's not as time consuming because we both work full time. But then like if you have to invest, it's all paper assets. So other kind of asset, like a different class will be real estate. So, you know, that's something different and not correlate to the stock market. So if you want to invest, you don't want to invest all the thing, even if you like uh go to foreign market is still not the same as we invest in a different class asset. So real estate, and it's because of some of the study that I, I went through. So basically we are looking for passive income. So sounds like a real estate, they can kind of give you that kind of income. So we try to explore into that. Okay, so Sophia, what was the research that you did when you first started? Yeah, uh, so... Well, we actually had been investing in some real estate property back in 2002 when there is a market booming. But at that time, I haven't do any study. So it's basically more like speculative. We bought two pre-construction condo and then after a few years, we flip it out. So this time, because I look into more deeper into uh, how real estate can bring in the passive income, what I do is I read uh, 
first of all, the Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and the sequels of that. So we learned that we need to have cash flow generate for our retirement income rather than depending on the appreciation of stock market or appreciation of the real estate. If you don't have any income, it doesn't last. So I go through all these. Uh, so once I have that uh, motivation, I go to Google all the books or any information. So I read some online books about cash flow for life. I also go to library to borrow all the books that based on how to uh, make money or do the real estate investment properly. Other than that, so I come across a book written by Don Campbell. It tells you about all the fundamental thing about real estate market, how to buy, rent, and hold. So we actually end up joining the group that uh, the National Real Estate Group Ring, R-E-I-N. So we also go to their program. So we become a member and it's mandatory to be as a member for 17 months so you can learn everything. They have a monthly meeting and they also had a like a three-day, two to three-day seminar every April in Ontario. So it's called the Acre Program, where you can sit and learn everything about how to invest in real estate. So that's what I do. And to this day, I still go to a monthly meeting at a, a local real estate group to learn all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it uh, sounds like quite a bit of learning that you did before you took action. And, you know, that's good. But how did you decide, okay, now I've learned enough. Now I'm going to move forward with this. And what well, honestly, Sophia is the one who do all the learning. Actually, I'm in the, what I want to share with this, from the very beginning, I'm kind of opposing this idea because we have a friend's group, we have friend circles, like uh, everybody is talking sure. about with UST investment and everybody is worried and scared about renting mm-hmm. to people as a landlord because we talk, all talk about all the negative side of it, like uh, how you can have a bad tenant, you cannot collect rent, they can uh, trash your place. So, I mean, I have all these uh, information. Actually, it takes Sophia a long, long time to convince me to go into this aspect. So, <laughs> so let me rephrase it. So yeah. when I start learning of this, it's back in 2009, 2010. So I know all these basic knowledge and I talked to Winter about we wanted to go into this real estate right, and get out of stock market. So that take me about half a year to convince him to at least go to the ring meeting. And uh, it's not until one of our friends, he's a part-time real estate agent. So he said, okay, he will go with Winter with me to explore what's going on. Like, is it a, a like a reputable group to join? So once we go to the meeting, the people there convince us that uh, real estate investment is a really good opportunity because you can see people that own 10, 15 properties. Or hundreds. Or hundreds of properties because these people are in the market for many years and they tell us that it's really working and it's a sustainable one, not based on speculation or just appreciation. Mm -hmm. So after attaining the meeting for three, four months, and after we complete the acre program, then you also can network with people that people that can tell you which area is the best investment. You look at the figure, you do the calculation. So back in, you know, about half a year later, so back in uh, 2011, 2011. 
That really uh, after the Acre program, on May, we started to find an agent to look into property purchase. That's how it turns, yeah. That's so what, we- what kind of property was it that you decided to look for? So at that time, so we only we need that, yeah, as long as you can cash flow, it will work. So make it simple, so we're just looking for single family. And at that time, so Hamilton is the hottest space, hottest place, I mean, from the recommended by the ring group. So, and then we, we connect with our agent at the ring meeting, and then we, we start to explore Hamilton. And why Hamilton too? Because actually when we first immigrated to Canada, we landed in Hamilton, we lived there for more than a year. So we are kind of familiar with Hamilton. So that's why, oh yeah, it's bring, bring us back to Hamilton. <laughs> And you bought something then. What was that first investment property? So um, after having a few showing and a tour by the agent, so we're getting more, I mean, idea about the Hamilton's market. So, and then we look into one, it's a single family, it's a semi-detached and uh, with a three bedroom upstairs and a two bedroom in the basement. And actually there's two kitchens as well. So it's almost established as a two unit. But we have no idea about what two units at, at that time. We only focus on single family. So, and then the reagent highly recommend this one. And then we just got it after, I think a few offer can uh, go back and forth. At that time, the market is not terrible. I mean, not too bad. So I think we only the one contendence. We, we don't have a bidding war at all. So we submit the offer after a couple of hours. Yeah, we got it. So basically, as, a, as I say, as a single family, semi-detached, three plus two, mm-hmm. and then, and based on that market right there, a single family can be rented for 1,450 plus utilities. And so these number, we just put into doing the analysis, the cash flow analysis, and it just worked. We may be able to cash flow 100 or $200 at that time. So we should be happy for that. And then, yeah, we make that offer. And then uh, for that, then because we are still working full time, so we don't really have much time to manage it ourselves. So our agents uh, recommend a property manager for us. So we met him and then he came and see the, check it out the house. And then uh, he recommends some renovations. And at that time it's the most strange, well, I won't say strange idea, but it's a bright idea is that he mentioned that, why, why don't we convert this uh, semi-detached uh, unit into a two unit? And at that time, we have no idea what's, what two unit is it. But he mentioned, say, if we convert in a two unit, you can rent 1,200 in the upstairs and 900 in the basement. All of a sudden, you have 2,100 instead of 1,450. Well, it's a great idea. So we bought that. We sold off that concept. So And then uh, we just let our property managers to do all the renovations for us. And basically, as I say, everything is there already. What we need to do is just to close it up. To two, un- to two separate units with separations wall. And of course, we want to update it a little bit. So we spent about 20000 there altogether, mm-hmm. I would say. And then we are very happy that we're looking forward to have two units all of a sudden. So we closed the property in July. So and the renovation takes about four to six weeks. So the, the house is ready in late August or early September. So we, we have our... Our property managers starting to, uh, yeah, almost starting to uh, show it to advertise it, but then all of a sudden we receive a on one morning. Actually, it's around before eight o'clock in the morning. I would say I got a call 
And that's from city of Hamilton on the call display. And then I, I'm so surprised, what is it going on? And then the other side say, I am an officer, I mean, yeah, in the city of Hamilton. Or, and then I was told, I mean, that, that's on the phone. I was told that you were going to rent out your property as a two units. And then uh, the officer just say that, uh, don't do that. Because I know that you, you only register as a single family. So if I find out that you rent it out as a two unit, you will be fined for every single time for $25,000 every time I got you. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> What's, what a big surprise. I mean, that's totally shocked to us. So then I was so scared. We, after we discussed, then we, of course, we just bring it back to our property manager and all our realtor. And then they say that, yeah, there's it's no way you can just keep doing the two unit like this. So we were forced to bring it back, take down the separation wall and convert it back to the single family. And, and the lucky thing is we don't really did much to separate it. So all we have to do is just take down the separation wall. And so it turns back into a single family already. We're so, which is lucky. And so... Because of that, then we have to just rent it out as a single family. But the best thing is because we have almost two units, or we can call it an in-law suite there. So we can rent it to multi-generations or, as I say, in-law suite or two friends, family. So we can actually ask for $1,650 for rent, which is $200 more than what we fought at the single family before. So we got $1,650, which is one good thing. But the two units... It's still in our mind. So we know, wow, if we can do two units, we can get so much more cash flow than a single family. Now, then I have to go go back a little earlier before we find our first deal. Because at the ring meeting, at the acre meeting, we all learn all the fundamentals that, yeah, when you start your business, you should have a, a strategy in mind. So we have to first to consult our mortgage broker. And we have to have the planned, very strategic plan to see what is our goal? So at that time, because the rain always teach you that, yeah, you have you could have a lot, but you have to just, uh, yeah, strategic plan it. Uh, so at that time in our mind, we, we talked to our mortgage broker is, yeah, we want to get the 17 properties in three years. So this is this is a figure because according to rain, for the first three, you get to a silver stay. And oh, for, you're yeah, up with the awards. Like <laughs> uh, reward. So for 17, you get a gold reward. So this is why we planned it that way. So basically, that's about the first uh, investment property. Yeah. So more or less, they just like it wasn't sold to you as two units and you mm-hmm. really thought of it that way. But then I guess they just said, hey, let's see what we can do. So you more or less just said, OK, yeah, let's just do the stuff to make it into two separate units and then see mm-hmm. how it goes. So somebody, one of the neighbors or somebody like that called in mm-hmm. and that was how that got rolling like so Winter had mentioned that that was pretty scary for you guys. Did it set your back at all? Did it change your ideas? Did you like, was that sort of a stumbling yeah, block think, or did you just keep going? Yeah, I think what uh, give him an idea is like two unit can generate so much more cash flow. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do it properly, let's say if it is illegal, then you, you can't get the outcome that you wanted. So actually, the bank said that if it's a legal two unit, then both income can be counted as the rent and it will allow you to uh, borrow more money 
right. in the future, right? Because if you have positive cash flow, if not, then, you know, an earlier point, you will be hit a stone wall that you can't borrow anymore. So that's in our mind. So we kind of like the idea of like doing two unit property legally. So I think what it was with just that particular property and why you couldn't do it was it's just certain requirements that that property itself didn't meet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Okay. I was going to ask about some challenges, challenges facing starting out. Could we get uh, together, right? Yeah, the, the challenges at the beginning was the time consuming things for because we live in Markham and Hamilton is like a one and a half hour Mm-hmm. drive from our town to Hamilton. And if it is like a, a daytime or a busy traffic time, then it could take up to two hours. So we don't have, and we were working uh, full time. We don't have a lot of time. So we only had like maybe a half day during the weekday, like Wednesday afternoon that we can be there or a weekend. And Hamilton market become really, really hot. And a lot of time that when there is a new listing, the agent said, why don't we, you know, submit an offer? And then we tell him, like, can we go and see the unit first? And he said, no, you can't because it will be gone by tonight. <laughs> so what we were suggested is that, like, we need to submit an offer in order to secure the property. And then we can go through the, you know, the home inspection. And if we don't like it, then we can back out then. So that's one of the things that at the, the time that consuming in the hot market and there's no inventory in the Hamilton. So even if we want to get more property, it's it's really hard and it starts to have like multiple offer bidding walls. The other thing is like because of the distance, we were not able to manage the property ourselves. So as I said, the first property, because we miss the summer season to rent it out to family. So we end up actually renting it out back in November. So we had it vacant for several months because of that. So like if we can find a location that can closer to our workplace or our living town and be able to manage, that's what we would like to. So to overcome that kind of challenges, we actually try to um, find another region to invest, which we end up uh, choosing the Durham region. Because we joined the Ring Group, uh, there's a bus tour that they host and they tell us about how the Durham region is the next, you know, investment region for us. So, yeah, and, and then we joined a local investment group to learn all about investment in the Durham region. And we also learned some property management skills through taking courses so that's how we overcome the challenge at the beginning. And one good thing is Sophia has been working in Oshawa for those <laughs> so, so many years. Yes. She knows about the area too. It's, so, it's funny that yeah. both Winter and I work in the two hottest town. And I don't think that's a coincidence because these places need jobs. And we are the one that find the jobs in Hamilton at the beginning and Oshawa later on. So that's probably why these markets are getting hot. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> So how long did it take you between when you finished up with the first one until you bought another one? Well, we went out the first one in uh, November, but actually it's the, all the work done by the property manager. 
But actually, during that single same time, we have been uh, going to the Durimau EI group in, uh, I, mean, I guess we stuck in October of the same year, just, just before it's get ran out. So in the first meeting, so yeah, I will still remember it's a very small group in a dental office in, in Whitby. And then we met our one realtor, an agent right there. And uh, yeah, so- uh, Two weeks later, I think. Yeah. Right away, so I think we were sold by his idea. He mentions about two units right there. He, he has a lot of infantry or he knows a lot on mm-hmm. that. He specializes in, in investing into two units in Durham area. So basically, we connect with him during that day. And he said, okay, did you get mortgage approved? We said, yes. And on our way home, we got all the listings. So the next week, we went to meet with him. And the week following that, we go to see the property as the first tour. And the same day, we bought the, our second properties. Okay. And what was that? It's a turnkey that legalized the two units already. So that at that time, I don't know how many are there, but this one really sells us right? because it's very turnkey. It's renovated nicely. And three bedroom upstairs, two bedroom downstairs. It's asking for two fifty, and we got it for two hundred forty something. Wow, you don't you don't see that price anymore, right? Those were the days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this one, like we closed it at the beginning of December in two thousand eleven, and it got rented out January first. Actually, at the end of December, <laughs> it got rented out. We we hire a property manager again because we are. We're too busy, full-time job at that time. So, yeah, it got ran out at the end of December for the basement first, yeah, to start there. And then we end up uh, rent out the main floor in early Jan- at the end of January, yeah. <laughs> so it's beautiful, Lidan. Okay, so that went very well. That sounds like that one went very well. So I know you guys have converted several single families into legal two units yourself. Did you buy more turnkey before you started doing that? So that's still back in 2011, 2012. We are busy working, but then we are actively looking because we find out, oh, wow, the two units really do well in cash flow wise. And uh, actually, so uh, we're actively looking in the MLS. And uh, I mean, so at the beginning, we look into just uh, turnkey legalized stuff. But uh, of course, there's not many infantry in the market. And uh, one day, after a, a small tour looking into a few uh, houses, which we don't find anything interested, on our way home, we would we would call back from our agent saying that there's a, a deal fall through from another from other buyer. So, and we would call back to check it out. So, it is a single family in the north end of Oshawa. There's the up main floor. It's moving ready. And the main floor, I mean, in the basement, there's a one-bedroom setup and a living room, bathroom right there. And it used to be a kitchen, which they take it off. And uh, But the sellers can say that, uh, they can declare that there is a kitchen there before there's an assessment basement unit right there before. So our agent and the, uh, the seller agent say that, yeah, this is a good opportunity to convert it into a legalized uh, yeah, a basement apartment unit. So we see that, okay, this is great. I mean, this is something we haven't done ourselves. So we move, so we make an offer. We actually, it's a, yeah, we got, we got the deal. Okay, let me continue. 
because, I, because I think back then it was a lot trickier too, because now you can buy yeah. a property anywhere in town. And yeah. Okay. Then you had to be in a specific area in order to add a second yeah. unit. So the properties mm. were very yeah. uh, few and far between. That's right. Let me rephrase. At that time, a legal two unit, especially turnkey one, is really hard to combine. So our agent convinced us that you need to turn some single family into a two unit property yourself. And you need to learn that. So there is an opportunity that at that time, there's only our two zoning house that can be turned into a legalized two unit. If it is in our one zoning, like the single family that we bought, it has to have a, like a prerequisite, like a, a rule that it has already been grandfathered, operated as a two unit before. I think there's a date, like uh, 1994. Yeah, there's a date. So mm -hmm. before that day, if it has been operated as a two unit, then you can legalize it using that rule. So based, that was a very simple rule. The thing is like you should already have a kitchen downstairs with a bathroom and a bedroom. Now, our deal is pretty hard because the kitchen is taken down and we don't know the rule then. So we just submit the application for two unit and then the building inspector and fire inspector say, oh, it's OK. All you need to do is put back the kitchen. So that's an easy renovation of like maybe 10, 20,000 to do that. But then when we submit the building permit to do the, you know, to put in a kitchen, the building inspector said that because it's a new creation, you have to follow the the proper building code of that time. So you have to take down all the existing ceiling and you have to put insulation and then resilient channel. So we have to go the hard way the instead of the easy units. way. The fire separation, all the other stuff. So we end up like spending almost 50,000 50, to do that and spending more time, like uh, three months instead of like, a couple of weeks. Right. And right. because we didn't know that, that we can rent out the upper unit before we submit it. So the house has sit vacant for two, three months. Before. Four months, actually. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's because we also had the contractor to submit the building permit for us. The building inspector gives them a hard time to pass the inspection. So we end, we had to learn everything and we deal with the city ourselves as a homeowner. And they treat homeowner much nicer and they can allow you to give pass. you some leeway, you know, in terms of the ceiling height and everything. So, so we actually got it legalized after four months. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me that it didn't happen there either. <laughs> It happened. So we had to learn everything to do this. Yeah, <laughs> like a house third property. And you guys Yeah, the third property we already do a, like a building permit legalization and go through the hard way, spend a lot of money. It's a good lesson to learn. So that after that we all look at oh it has to have a kitchen. It has to have certain ceiling height. So we know all the rules. So we're not afraid of, you know buying single family property and turn into two unit, as long as we know it can be turned easily. Mm -hmm. I think we end up actually uh, legalize six property altogether. Six or seven, no, not yeah. wrong. Yeah. I definitely want to get into that. So, so how you grew from there to where you are now, but 
it's funny that was uh, we didn't even have have to ask the questions really just organically sort of got down here to halfway through the list. But, um, <laughs> well, we kind of talked about what types of properties that you invest in already and what you look for. Is there anything else? Anything else specific to add to that? Like maybe how you find your deals? Yeah. So as I we mentioned before uh, at the beginning, we rely on a realtor on the MLS. Mm-hmm. But then after the two, I say, I would go back to about 2013 or about 2014 at that time. So all the easy one that can, can be converted to a legal two units, it's gone. You can hardly find them. And then we're starting to look into a wholesaler deal. So uh, luckily we, we met two yeah. Uh, yeah, good friends, wholesaler. It's Rob and Sandy that <laughs> <laughs> help us. So yeah, you guys have helped us to find wholesaler deals since uh, early 2014 and all together i think you bring us five deals already yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's that awesome was, that was when we first started out and you know yeah those were great i thought they were really good properties and uh i'm pretty proud to have brought, been able to help you guys and bring those to you thank you so much we really appreciate that yeah and at that time so well, since the first property, I think we, because of your help, because of our realtor's help, we are able to buy, say, three, of average, three properties every year until 2015. Mm-hmm. And also, when we are working on uh, one of our projects in the legalizing in the one property, we're working on the on the lawn care because this weekend, so I have to take care of that. So, uh, and when I'm working on that, somebody. From uh, I mean, our neighbor, somebody from the side walked towards us. And then uh, he asked me, are, are you the owner here? I say, yes, I'm working on the lawn care of this house when it's being renovated. And then I'm, uh, I'm asking, what can I help them? And they, they say that they are the, I mean, the children of the previous owner of our neighbor. And that said, like uh, this previous tenant, the I mean, previous owner, is she just passed away a little while ago. And then I say, oh, uh, in that case, I, I say that I can help you to all the lawn care or maintenance before you can get that one on sale. And then they, of course, they, they highly appreciate that. But then, then we all, all of a sudden we come to say that uh, they say their mother is very happy to see us buying this house, what we're working on, because the previous owner totally neglected and make it a mess. And since we bought it, we keep improving all the landscaping and inside and outside. She's happy. She mentioned to the kids. And then the kids say that since we look like we are good people, we took care of houses. And then so he asked us, are we interested actually to buying their house? Because all their siblings, everyone is uh, able to take care of it because they all live out town. So they want to sell it as estate. So we're so interested. We go inside and take a look. And then, yeah, we find it uh, very interested. And then we end up actually buying a deal to our, our neighbor. <laughs> yeah, so that's the only private deal we got. So mostly through MLS and uh, wholesaler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you said two or three every year. That must be pretty hard to get financing for all those properties. How did you guys go about getting financing? We have high income job. We had a lot of savings. So basically we can use our saving as down payment. And because we have very strong income, we can 
borrow money from the bank to buy a lot of uh, property. So when we talked to our mortgage broker, they said that as long as you keep the income that strong, you can purchase seven property each person. And he highly recommend us to separate the names so that because if you buy it with both names, both of us can get seven property and that's the end. Right, from, so that's you know, one. It counts as one so, for both of you if you're both on it. Exactly. Okay. So this is what we do, uh, separate names through a good mortgage broker and we with high income. Uh, secondly, we also do a HELOC for our personal residents. So even if we use up our cash uh, in hand, we can borrow, like get the money out from the HELOC because our principal resident has been completely paid off. So we can get the down payment from there. Thirdly, we can, you know, when there's cash flow, the cash flow actually accumulate, allow us to have more capital to purchase the property. So we haven't had a chance to or need the JV partner, for instance, until we hit uh, property number 16 or 17. So at this point, uh, we are kind of like blocked by all the banks because there is no more... (laughs) room for us to get a mortgage. Well, I think that they've also tightened things down. I mean, if you guys yeah, they do. starting out now, I don't think it would have been as easy to get. Um, yes. Not that it was easy, but I think the walls would have went up a lot sooner. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. But again, like at this level, the cash flow is enough for us to retire. So like we are kind of like, we don't have to do more, but if there's a chance, we can still do more by, you know, maybe using the children's name or partner or even buy it out straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys decided to sort of cool off since 2015. Uh, that's what you said, right? <laughs> it's not cooled off. It's the market getting too hot. So there's not a lot of deals anymore. Secondly, our we can be qualified for more. So if we put down more down payment, the return is not as good. So, you know, waiting that, so we kind of like try to cool down, wait and see. Mm-hmm. We still bought some in 2015, but maybe, 16. yeah, 2016, we bought one and 2017, we bought one. Oh, okay. So that, okay. Yeah, that's about all. <laughs> Since or- 2017, we haven't bought anything. And now are you exploring some different markets then, or how are you going to overcome that? Are you planning on just continuing to wait? What's the... Yeah, we did explore other market. We look at St. Catharines, we look at Barrie, and uh, we actually come across a really good house at Barrie, and we bought it. And that one give us still give us a decent cash flow, but it's too difficult to you know, manage ourselves. So we hire a property manager to manage that one. So at this point, we're still testing out if the property manager is good. And as I've talked earlier, we are also exploring Peterborough area or other further area, you know, from Durham, which can have more cash flow. So we're still exploring that. I wanted to ask you guys where you see your business going in the future. Is this your model? This is kind of what you guys have decided to stick to is either like straight up, maybe already legal two units or units that you would have to convert to yourself. Yes. I think what we will do is winter set. We will never sell these home. 
because it's your nest egg, right? It's, uh-huh. It brings you the income. It's like little money-making machines. So what we like to do is optimize uh, the income that can bring us from these properties. So lately, what like over the past year or two, what we have been doing is whenever there's a tenant turnover, we update the unit and make it more appealing to the tenants. Because at the beginning, you only need very basic renovation for an Oshawa Durham area because you don't want to over-renovate mm-hmm. because the rent doesn't justify that. But in the recent years, the rent has been going, going up. up really nicely. So we will have like enough room to make the property, like let's say granite countertop, you know, stainless steel appliances. We also updated all the, you know, roof. We install AC to the unit that doesn't have an AC. So that's what we've been doing. And also renovation of the whole unit, new flooring, new paint. So that actually brings the rent up like a hundred or two each renovated unit compared to the previous rent. So that's what we've been doing. Keeping the same number of property, bring up the rent. The other things that we might be doing is if we are not purchasing more property because of the market, then our capital, we can use it as a private lender to get maybe 8 to 12% of you know fee return. or interest return. return. The other thing is like we, you know, investing business, it doesn't need to be all real estate. So we are also looking at gold and silver <laughs> that's mm-hmm. as part of the reserve we are also looking at maybe back into the stock market in certain area like china that's what we've been doing lastly what we need to do is like uh, automate our property management process so right now uh, we already down to like maybe a day or two to manage all our unit so in the future, we want it to be so, traveling more. So what we will do is like we try to automate everything or outsource it if necessary. Sorry, you're saying that is one or two days a week, something like that? Uh, right now, yeah, we only need to go two days a week. Sometimes one day. if we don't need to feed, uh, like show yeah, do the showing, we only need to go one day a week to do the building maintenance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Okay, this is great. So, so I mean, you said, do you mind telling us how many properties you guys have? Yeah, right now we are up to 17. Meet our goal. <laughs> 17, there you go. So good. 17 properties, and all of them, 15 of them is a legal two units. So we have all together 32 units of our own. Beautiful. Yeah. That is absolutely awesome. fantastic, you guys. And it wouldn't have happened if you didn't take action, but you guys really jumped in at the right time, I think. Because, yeah. Oh, man. We, we are lucky that way. Yeah. So say so congratulations on all your success. <laughs> Thank you. That. Well, what advice do you have for someone starting out? If there's somebody, especially given that the market's a little different, maybe, what, what do you think is good advice for someone starting out in real estate investing? Yeah, um, I would recommend like go through what we go through. First of all, is to educate yourself. So, you know, when you already decided you want to get into real estate, read the books that you can listen to podcasts such as your podcast. Or I think there are tons of podcasts regarding the real estate investment. Listen to them, you know, listen to other people's story. 
And best of all, maybe you should join a, a real estate group, the local real estate group to meet with people. And then from the group, you should find a mentor to, you know, because when you first start, you probably don't know what to do. Like even if you have the knowledge, you need someone to motivate you or, or help you. So, so if you can find someone that can make you an action taker, yeah, that's good. Or, or you know, talk to a good realtor and form a team. They can also give you very good advice. And then I think lastly, what you need to do is to uh, identify the goal. What is the goal? Whether it's, you know, how many pro- is to fund your financial independent, like the retirement, or is it just to supplement your income? And also find out your strength and weakness, like, like whether you are the one that with the money or the time and skill, and then you can find a partner that complement you with that. So I think that's my advice. And uh, Winter, you have anything to add? Well, as I say, like, uh, yeah, you basically, you need to find a good wife to do all these things. <laughs> <in you. laughs> and then, yeah, here you go. That is all, all really solid advice. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, I think that just finding someone or a group of people that could stand behind you and validate your ideas is really, really the key thing. So uh, especially starting out when you can run into other people that are just like you, they don't know whether they should get started or not. Then, then Mm -hmm. just to be around some people that have done it and you can take what they've done or find the person that you most want to, you know, be like, I guess, and you can, copy them exactly so let's say like when i talk to winter about real estate investment he won't listen to me because i don't have any you know experience but when we go to the group and he started talking with other investors that's already done it all he got convinced so that's actually a really good motivation is to meet with people that already done it all mm-hmm. and then find the one that you really want to copy and then connect with them maybe offer some you know, help or take them out for lunch. Yeah, maybe ask what you can do for them, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. I guess uh, just finishing off, I mean, a lot of good advice in this show. Really appreciate you guys having on. And, and how can people connect with you? Okay, if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us email at properties at gmail.com. So N-G-A-N-D-L-E-E properties, P-R-O-P-E-L-T-I-E-S at gmail.com. Or, you know, we go to a monthly meeting at Durham REI. So like, if you see us, we, we all have name tag. So you can, you know, connect with us and talk to us. We will glad the to ones with the gold talk pins. to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't have gold <laughs> pins. Um, we are also in the process of setting up a Facebook account, but I don't know when it will go live. So... So maybe you can Google that and Ing and Lee Properties. We might be there sometime in the near future. I have my daughter put up all the pictures of our properties and the description of that. So in hope that, like, you know, when there are future tenants that wanted to look at the properties, then they can just go back to the Facebook account and see all those properties. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Good idea. And again, like everybody who's driving or whatever, you don't have to write that down. You can just go to our website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca, click on the link for the episode that you're listening to right now, which is 71. 
and Winter and Sophia's info will all be there for you if you want to reach out to them or you want to learn some more again about that. So thank you very much, you guys. This has been so awesome. I'm glad you were able to come on. You're thank you welcome. for having us. Thanks. Thank and, you. Uh, Sandy, how can someone get in touch with you? Yeah, the easiest way is to give us uh, either a call to our office or the uh, email. So email info at mckayrealtynetwork.com or 289-389-6846. And I'll just say, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, they can reach me at info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca. Thank you, everybody, again, for listening, and have a great day. 